السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على إن الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا ونور قلوبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وكرم على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله تقوى الله الذي لا يقبل غيرها ولا يرحم إلا أهلها ولا يثيب إلا عليها وأحسن يرحمكم الله إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah Jalla Jalaluh, glorious is His majesty And we bear witness that our noble and beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger who came and took us out of the depths of darkness into the light and took us from misguidance and showed us the way of uprightness and the way of success. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. And upon whom was revealed the Quran, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, extended to us, through which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extended his rope to us to save us and to guide us and to show us the way of uprightness and success. The greatest gift that we have is the Qur'an that was revealed to the best of creation, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. And we see even in the way that the Qur'an was revealed, even in, in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had the amazing and wondrous events of revelation occur, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown us signs in the spiritual transformation that takes place when one connects with the Qur'an, when one connects with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. When the angel Jibreel came to the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in the cave of Hira, he squeezed him, he said, Iqra, and he squeezed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam almost to the point where he could no longer bear it. And the Prophet said, Ma ana I am not a reciter. And he repeated that three times. And the ulama, they say that there is a sign in that for us, that the Prophet he experienced this constriction before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expanded his heart with the Qur'an. That for the rest of us, we need a transformation in removing blameworthy qualities from our hearts so that they can be receptacles of light and knowledge and wisdom and understand the Qur'an. But the beautiful reality of the Qur'an is that it is within the Qur'an, 
There is already a process of purification and healing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim Ya ayyuhal nasu qad jaatkum maw'idatum min rabbikum wa shifa'un lima fi suduri wa hudan wa rahmatun lil mu'mineen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us four descriptions of the Qur'an and teaches us that the Qur'an is not something that we are only meant to engage with once in a while. And as the blessed month of Ramadan is fast approaching, we have to begin from now. The Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, their entire year revolved around Ramadan. The five and six months after Ramadan had passed, they would work to maintain the acts of worship that they had in the month of Ramadan. And the five and six months before the coming of Ramadan, they would spend time preparing for that month. And just like they say, a, a marathon runner doesn't start uh, working out and doesn't start training for the marathon the night before, they put a lot of time and thought and preparation that the believer, when it comes to the month of Ramadan, and the gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives, and the lofty degrees that are acquired in that month, the believer really should be, it is more fitting for the believer to put even more thought and preparation into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special days and months and seasons. So Allah here in this verse tells us these descriptions of the Qur'an in order for us to seek those realities. Allah says that the Qur'an is a maw'idah, O people, a teaching, a maw'idah from your Lord has come to you. A maw'idah, a reminder, a teaching, something that shakes us out of the slumber of worldliness, takes us out of this uh, autopilot state that most people are on, that they just want to resemble what everyone else is doing and copy what everyone else is doing. That the Qur'an is a maw'idah, it wakes you up. It's a teaching, it's a reminder. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ And it is a healing for what is in your hearts. The Qur'an is a shifa. It is a healing, it is a cure for what is in the hearts. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he told us that there is a piece of flesh, if it is sound, the entire body is sound. And if it is corrupted, the entire body is corrupted and it is the heart. The Qur'an heals the hearts from all different kinds of diseases, spiritual diseases, the diseases that people are dealing with of uh, uh, a lack of meaning in their life, of people chasing after wealth and status and fame and chasing after these lowly pleasures that they think will fill them up but in reality only makes the gap inside of them the void inside of them even bigger and gives them even less satisfaction and fulfillment the quran is a shifa for all of that it's a healing for what is in the hearts it heals the hearts from arrogance. It heals the hearts from racism. It heals the hearts from hatred of one another. It heals the hearts from uh, desiring things that are lowly. It heals the, the hearts from all of these various diseases that we see are plaguing the world, plaguing human beings on various levels, individuals and societies, and in varying degrees. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ وَهُدًا And it is a guidance. 
So now that we want direction, we want to know how to draw closer to Allah, we want to know how to live. A lot of people don't even know how to live. If you talk to people who found Islam after experiencing the pain and the darkness of disbelief, you see that this guidance, we often take it for granted, but just knowing how to live, knowing what's important, knowing how to be as a parent or as a son or daughter or as a sibling or as a friend or as a person in your, even your devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are people who desire that, but they don't have direction. They don't have guidance. And then lastly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Quran, وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And it is a mercy for the believers that all of these amazing qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of regarding the Qur'an. And we're reminded of the verses of Al-Burda Sharifa of Imam Al-Busiri and the beautiful chapter and also understanding that when we talk about the Qur'an, we're always referring to the one who the Qur'an was revealed to sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one whose character was the Qur'an the embodiment of everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded from us in the Qur'an and all that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Abdullah al-Kamil sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the perfect and complete servant of Allah, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So in this poem dedicated to the Prophet, there's an entire chapter dedicated to the Qur'an. And he says, قَرَّتْ بِهَا عَيْنٌ قَارِيهَا فَقُلْتُ لَهُ لَقَدْ ضَافِرْتَ بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ فَاعْتَصِمِي the one who recited its verses was filled with delight. And I said to him, you have seized Allah's rope, so hold tight to it. This is Allah's rope. This world has so many pitfalls. The, 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 the different waves, that the turbulent waves that hit people in a, whether it's sickness, whether it's uh, uh, heedlessness, all of these different things that people go through. But if you have that rope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are saved. He will save you, Jalla Jalalu. So hold tight to it. In And if you recite the Quran fearing the heat of the blazing fire, you have extinguished its heat with the cool water of its verses. That even when a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment and the fire is real and paradise is real, that when a person feels a constriction or feels a sense of fear, then they turn back to Allah. And when they recite the Qur'an, it's as if you're putting out the fires, the blazing fire of Nar Jahannam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words. So we have to hold on to this teaching and this healing and this guidance and mercy that was given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us about the way that the believers interact with the Qur'an. And this is why it's important for us to realize that this journey of Iman is, it is a journey. It's not uh, uh, something that comes and happens overnight. It's a long-term experience. And that the Qur'an, it heals you. And following the sunnah of the Prophet it heals you. And that it also puts you in a position to have an even deeper understanding and appreciation and realization 
of the realities of the Quran and of the realities of the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Allah نزل أحسن الحديث كتابا متشابها مثانيا تقشعر منه جلود الذين يخشون ربهم ثم تلين جلودهم وقلوبهم إلى ذكر الله." Allah has sent down the most beautiful of all teachings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, Allah jalla jalalu, he could have said that this is the most difficult of all teachings and we would still have to follow it. We have nothing before Allah. We have no claims. We have no rights over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is our Lord and we are his servants. Yet, out of Allah's mercy, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extending that rope to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opening the doors of opportunity for us. Allah says that he has sent out the most beautiful of all teachings. And then he describes a book that is consistent and draws comparisons. That causes the skins of those in awe of their Lord to shiver when they hear the words of Allah. The awe-inspiring means their hearts are alive. But then what comes after that? a deeper experience, then their skins and their hearts soften at the remembrance of Allah. That they are overtaken by, the, the, as, as the Salihin uh, uh, would say, Kalam Rabbi, Kalam Rabbi, Kalam Rabbi, when they would hear the Quran, these are the words of my Lord, these are the words of my Lord, these are the words of my Lord. And then their, the, their skin would be, in, they would tremble, and then they would be soft and at ease and their hearts would soften. This is Allah's guidance. He guides with it whoever he wills. And no one can guide those that Allah leaves to stray. So it softens the heart. We should love to read the Quran. And the shaitan will whisper to us, you're busy, you have other things to do. You'll get to it later. Oh, there's so many different tricks that he uses and that the nafs uses. Oh, you can only sit down for one minute to read the Quran. Isn't it a shame if you just read one page when you're supposed to read X number of pages? And all of these different devices. Always go to the Quran. I remember one of our teachers, one time he was traveling from one end of Canada to the other, long days, and he was very clearly exhausted. And we prayed. Uh, Maghrib in the airport he had just come back from uh, uh, one of the cities that he had to travel it was like a four hour flight and he came to the airport and it was time for Maghrib we prayed Maghrib and there was a mushaf in the musalla the little airport musalla and we had somewhere else to go he took the mushaf the noble mushaf and he opened it and he just looked at a page like this and then he gently closed it and put it back in its place not letting a day go by that might have been the the, he might have looked at the Qur'an multiple times through the day, but not allowing even that quote-unquote small opportunity to pass him by. We should always have touch points with the Qur'an, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book, realizing that it's a healing, that it is a source of safety and guidance and mercy, and that it is the greatest source of knowledge, that we always go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's books. Book, the Qur'an. And in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا 
The true believers are those whose hearts tremble with awe of Allah when He is mentioned, and whose iman, whose faith increases when His verses are recited to them, and they put their trust in their Lord. Just listening to the Qur'an, imagine, and put yourself in the place of the Sahaba, witnessing the revelation of the Qur'an, living the events that were uh, that were defined by revelation, that were defined by prophethood, and seeing how their iman increased, and tasting that and witnessing that in our lives. And there are many ahadith about the virtues of the Qur'an that are well known, but that we should really just uh, uh, renew our commitment to the Qur'an. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, he said in a hadith narrated by Imam al-Bayhaqi, that he said, salawatullahi wa salamu alayhi, afdalu ibadati ummati qira'at al-Qur'an. The best of my ummah's worship, the best worship of my ummah, is the recitation of the Qur'an. And I remember one of the salihin, when uh, he was elderly in his bed, and there was no one who would keep him company. One of his children felt bad for him and said, everyone is living their lives and you're here, you cannot get out of bed and no one is keeping you company. He said, what do you mean no one is keeping me company? He said, whoever has the Quran is always in a state of intimacy. They're never lonely. This is a degree of Iman. Some people hear that and say, oh, you're equating emotional things with uh, levels of faith and making it seem difficult. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this person's reality, this righteous person's reality, that his connection with the Qur'an was so deep that he was never lonely. He always had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words. And that's why the ulama say, whenever you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to speak to you, you open the Qur'an. And whenever you want to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can make dua. That door is always open. That door is always open. And you see from the Sahaba, Ridwan Allah Ta'ala alayhim ajma'een, their relationship with the Qur'an was beautiful. Their relationship with the Qur'an, it is something that uh, uh, really saturated and colored their entire lives. It colored everything that they did. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu and also Sayyidina Hudayfa, other sahaba, they said that if people's hearts were purified, they would never tire of reading the Qur'an. That the meanings and the sweetness, one of the salihin, he would actually, the spiritual sweetness of the Qur'an was so powerful that he could taste honey on his tongue. That when he would recite the Qur'an, he could physically taste the sweetness on his tongue. And it was so intense that when he was fasting, he was scared that it would break his fast. <laughs> That's how sweet it was. Their experience. And we can't just limit ourselves to uh, not experiencing those things. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us so many opportunities. If the people's hearts were purified, they would never tire of reading the Qur'an. And as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the best of my ummah's worship is reciting the Qur'an. And the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, they had amazing experiences with the Qur'an. One of the Sahaba, he was, he was standing guard one night uh, over the camp of the Muslims. 
and uh, they were kind of on a hill to see if there were any, any enemies who would try to come in the night and harm the, the community of the believers. So him and one other Sahaba, they said, we will stand guard together. You sleep the first half of the night and I will sleep the second half of the night. So uh, as the, the, the first Sahabi who's standing on guard, the other is sleeping. As he's standing on guard, what does he do? He prays Qiyam al-Layl. He starts praying. As he's praying, one of the disbelievers comes from a distance with a bow and arrow and he shoots an arrow at him. It hits him, but it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a dangerous wound. What does the Sahabi do? I must be honest, if it was me, I would be worried. The Sahabi keeps praying. He hits him with another arrow. It's not fatal. He keeps praying. Until the blood started to flow from him, till it woke up the other Sahabi who was asleep. And then when he woke up, the, that enemy fled. So then he said to the Sahabi, he said, why didn't you, why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you uh, break from the prayer and respond and retaliate against this attack? And he said, I was reciting Surah Al-Kahf. And it was so sweet that I didn't want to interrupt my recitation for this non-believer, for the sake of this non-believer. The sweetness of the recitation of the Qur'an is what made the Sahaba one of the reasons that the Sahaba were, uh, we would almost call them superhuman, that they performed miracles. They had these amazing karamat. They were able to overcome most human beings' limitations. But the point of the story there is the sweetness of the recitation of the Qur'an is really what he did not want to interrupt for any disbeliever on behalf of this particular person. That is the state of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. But that door is open to us, not necessarily uh, in, in, you know, looking at it in that particular uh, circumstance which might have him getting wounded and so forth, but the sweetness of the Qur'an the depth of the Qur'an, the meanings of the Qur'an, the connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the connection to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the knowledge that's within the Qur'an, it's accessible to us. It's a treasure. It's a healing, a mercy, guidance, a teaching for us. And we cannot allow ourselves to just leave the Qur'an on the shelf and tomorrow I'll get to it, or the next day I'll get to it. But that we have to take advantage and allow the Qur'an to transform us. Wallahu yaqulu wa qawluhu al-haqqul mubin Wa idha qur'i al-Qur'an fastami'u lahu wa ansitu la'allakum turhamun Wa qala tabaraka wa ta'ala fa'idha qara'ta al-Qur'an fasta'idh billahi minash shaytanir rajim أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن العظيم 
ونفعنا بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم وأجارنا من خزه وعذابه الأليم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولوالدينا ولجميع المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم Seek Allah's forgiveness indeed he is forgiving and merciful الحمد لله إن الحمد لله حمدا يليق بجلال وجهه وعظيم سلطانه ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله. So we have to begin preparing for Ramadan. We have to deepen our relationship with the Quran. We have to prepare our hearts and souls so that when the month of the Quran comes, when the month in which all of the gates of paradise are open for us, that we have deeper meanings and deeper understanding and deeper knowledge that we receive from the Qur'an, that we take from the Qur'an and that we learn from the, 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 the one who the Qur'an was revealed to, Sayyidul Akwan, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, and that we do not allow our relationship with the Qur'an merely to be just a recitation at the level of sounds and the tongue, a movement of the tongue. If it's just a movement of the tongue, there's enough recordings of the Qur'an that are better than our recitation will ever be. But it's about a recitation that really pierces our heart and connecting with the meanings of the Qur'an and the guidance of the Qur'an. Although in the recitation of the Qur'an, even without understanding, there is great good. It is not to underestimate that, but that as believers, we do not limit ourselves to that degree of, uh, uh, to that uh, lowest level of benefit. It's still beneficial and it's still valuable, but there is so much more to be attained uh, after that. So we have to prepare ourselves for this blessed month. And even if we don't know if we're going to reach the month of Ramadan or not, that we begin our relationship with the Quran today even if it's just one page consistently, that we have a time, that we set in our homes a place where we know when we pray Salatul Maghrib or when we pray Salatul Fajr, we have a stand right there where we pray that has the Qur'an. So as soon as we're done praying, it's right there before us, it's easily accessible. And that we have a set amount of time and we're consistent. And even if we're, we have a busy day, even just connecting regularly, if you read the Qur'an every single day, it's not necessarily talking about uh, the number of pages that you read or just getting through the Qur'an in this fast way. But if you read with consistency and sincerity and seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's good pleasure, then you will meet Him and it will be in your record of deeds that you read the Qur'an every day. But if you let days go by without reading the Qur'an because all of the circumstances are not perfect, then a lot of time will pass you by. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq.
وأكثر من الصلاة والسلام على البشير النذير والسراج المنير سيدنا محمد فإن الله أمركم بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بالملائكة المسبحة بقدسه وآيه بالمؤمنين تعميما فقال مخبرا وآمرا لهم تكريما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى الخليفة من بعده المختار وصاحبه وأنيسه في الغار مؤازر رسول الله في حالي الساعة والضيق خليفة رسول الله سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه وعلى من نشر العدل في الآفاق فاشتهر الذي رفع الله له القدر فيما أنزل على خير البشر حليف المحراب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه وعلى الناصح لله بالسر والإعلان من استحيت منه ملائكة الرحمن محي الليالي بتلاوة القرآن ذو النورين أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه وعلى أخ النبي المصطفى وابن عمه ووليه وباب مدينة علمه إمام أهل المشارق والمغارب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وعلى الحسن والحسين سيدي شباب أهل الجنة في الجنة وريحانتي نبيك بنص السنة وعلى أمهما الحوراء فاطمة البتول الزهراء وخديجة الكبرى وعائشة الرضا وأمهات المؤمنين وعلى الحمزة والعباس وسائر أهل بيت نبيك الذي طهرتهم من الدنس والأرجاس وعلى أهل بدر وأهل أحد وأهل بيعة الرضوان وعلى سائر الصحب الأكرمين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا في مقامنا هذا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضاء إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما Oh Allah, oh most merciful, we ask you ya Allah that you allow each and every one of us and all of the Muslims and all of our loved ones to hold on firmly to the rope of your book, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. We ask you, Ya Allah, that you allow us to have the understanding and the guidance and the healing that you gave to the most elect of your servants, Ya Akram al-Akrameen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you allow us to follow the one whose character was the Quran, Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wasallam, inwardly and outwardly, and that we reflect his mercy mercy and his character and his guidance and that we reflect these meanings to our brothers and sisters in humanity. Ya Akram al-Akrameen. Ya Allah, we know that the only way that benefits humanity ultimately is following your guidance and following your revelation and following your book and your prophet. We ask you, Ya Allah, that you spread the lights of guidance to our brothers and sisters in humanity. Ya Akram al-Akrameen. We ask you, Ya Allah, that you put out the darkness with the light of revelation and that you heal people's hearts 
hearts and you bring the us together as brothers and sisters in faith. Ya Akram al-Akrameen wa ya Arham al-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you make the last words that we speak before leaving this world. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Realized in its meanings, firm upon that truth and that you resurrect us upon that and that you gather us among its true people and under the banner of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and that we enter into paradise with him ya akram al-akramin wa ya arham al-rahimin wa ya ajwad al-ajwadin عباد الله إن الله أمر بثلاث ونهى عن ثلاث إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي إعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر